the show is here. Yo, our mission is clear. It's time to change healthcare. Have no fear. Today is the day. This is the hour. Together, you know we've got the power. Drop the silos. We're all the same team. Patients, docs, nurses, tech, and marketing. How can anyone be satisfied with the way things have always been? Yeah, we've tried. So join us now. Join the revolution. Digital health is the evolution. Status quo, more like status, no. Yeah, this is the healthcare rap. Y'all, come on, let's go. Welcome to the healthcare rap, where we are ushering in the future of healthcare and the status quo no longer exists where we are challenging assumptions about marketing and technology, and we check yesterday's thinking at the door. Where truth drops like an atom bomb, and knowledge flows like Niagara Falls. Each week we challenge assumptions that have been holding back healthcare marketing, and explain how we can do better. Join us. This is the Healthcare Wrap. Welcome back. I'm your host, Jared Johnson, and I hope you're staying safe and doing well. I hope you're ready to learn something, do something, and be a part of something. Because here on this program, we are done with the status quo in healthcare. Hospitals, health systems, and practices are finally starting to make healthcare about consumers and innovation. We call it marketing forward. If you want to be part of it, then this is the place for you. We're going to help you find your place in this new movement, and you are going to be one of the ones shifting the way that healthcare is marketed and experienced. I can't wait for you to be part of this movement. Now, you've probably heard me talking a lot about the Shift.Health content network, not only because it's brand new, but because in these times when we aren't getting the opportunity to see each other in person, one of the only ways to grow professionally is to watch a video series or listen to a podcast. So that's why I launched Shift.Health. It's a content network of podcasts and video series for anyone who wants to shift the way that healthcare is marketed and experienced. In fact, our newest video series is called Marketing for Better Health. It's a greatest hits collection of videos by Dan Dunlop from his blog that provides tips for everything from post-pandemic planning to addressing consumers' fears to using effective content marketing to improve community health and so much more. The first two seasons are available on demand now at shift.health, so be sure to check that out. So here's what's going to go down today. We'll kick things off with the flavor of the week about where I'm finding hope lately. Then we've got Jen Delwo and Luis Bergulio in the house for part two of a special crossover episode with the Radio Rev podcast. We're talking about social determinants of health, behavioral research, and many other aspects of understanding who you're marketing to and how to truly lead them to take action. There's a ton packed into this episode. So ready? Let's go. Flavor of the week. It's all a matter of perspective. Take podcasting, for instance. An unexpected value of hosting and producing podcasts is hope. I get to speak with leaders each week who are doing everything they can to fix the problems we all talk about. I get to hear firsthand the stories of those who are walking the walk and putting their money where their mouth is. There are so many people doing so many things to try to address the problems in our society and in our healthcare system. There's just a lot of good happening in the world. The picture of the world that I see while interviewing these guests is very different than the picture that's painted by scanning headlines in the media. And it's so easy to get caught up in that world. It's a lot easier to see the big picture clearly and feel hope each week when I'm drawn into stories of those who are living proof of resilience and freely share their tips for doing our jobs better. I'll give you two examples. 
First, Carl Schusler, a benefits consultant, was speaking on the Paradigm Shift of Healthcare podcast just last week. He was talking about how patients deserve to know real prices and have a trusted, competitive marketplace for healthcare. And it wasn't just lip service. What he's actually doing about it is creating employer benefits plans that cut out the middlemen and use direct contracting to lower costs. He shared stories about how people's lives have changed because they could better afford their care. Second, Annette Logan Parker. She's the president, CEO, and co-founder of the Cure for the Kids Foundation. She was speaking on the Combustion Chronicles podcast two weeks ago. While Annette was speaking on Maverick Mindsets, she shared some advice that she received early in her nursing training. This is what she said. She was told, if you really want to change the U.S. healthcare system and how patients receive care, you have two options. One's to complete your nursing education and then go into teaching and teach nurses how to be the best possible nurses they can be. And then you just replicate that a thousandfold over generation and generation. Your second option is to create an environment where you get to make the policies. You get to write your own rules. And if you can figure out how to get yourself into a situation like that, you will change healthcare because you will be setting the standard. Now, Annette took that Maverick mindset to heart. Years later, she co-founded the Cure for the Kids Foundation so that the price of poverty for children doesn't have to be death. She's another one who's changing lives by changing the rules. Folks, the world is full of problems. It always will be. It's also full of people trying to fix them. I'm grateful to be reminded of that every time I sit behind the microphone. So what rules will you change this week, this month, or this year to change a life? You can do it. It's all a matter of perspective. And that's the flavor of the week. Okay, so hey, today is part two of a special crossover episode with one of my favorite podcasts, Radio Rev. Radio Rev is one of the most awesome uh, podcasts out there. It's a member of the Shift.Health network. That's one way that we've gotten to know each other. But it's simply a collection of conversations designed to inspire and showcase bold innovation in healthcare. They recently completed a second season, which was focusing on social determinants of health. And I know I learned a lot hearing from some of the other guests in the season. And I am thrilled to welcome the host, Jen Delwo, who's also the content director. Yeah, Jen's the the content director at Revel. Hey, how are you doing? Great. Thanks for having me. Awesome. And then we've also got Luis Bergulio in the house. Uh, Luis is the SVP of product and development at Revel. So hey, Luis, how are you? Good. Always a pleasure, Jared. You know, well, it's always a pleasure to have a couple of guests at a time. Uh, This is a rare treat for listeners of the healthcare wrap. We don't always get to have kind of double trouble going on here. So here we go. So, hey, we're going to move right on in because I want to give listeners a chance to get to know you a little bit better. So I'm calling in from Phoenix. Jen, you're in Minneapolis area. Yes, South Minneapolis. And then Louise, is it similar? Remind me of that. Yeah, Jen and I are both social isolating. So we're in our our respective homes uh, in South Minneapolis. Fantastic. Tell us what you think. Tell us what you think. Tell us what's the state of the state. There's no time to wait. Come give us your opinion before it's too late. You know our survey needs you. The insights will lead you. Everyone should take it. And yes, we mean you. If ever there's a year, this is when we need to hear how the industry's doing. So get yourself in gear. Now's the time to start. The decision ain't hard. You give us a few minutes, we give you a gift card. Be part of healthcare marketing history and take the 2020 Healthcare Digital Marketing Trends Survey, the most comprehensive snapshot of digital marketing in the industry. This is its 10th edition, and there are new questions this year about the impact of COVID-19. 
to take the survey and you'll receive a $10 Amazon gift card. Visit geometric.com slash wrap dash survey. That's geometric.com slash wrap dash survey. Or simply go to geometric.com and click take the survey. Go check it out today. Okay, so we're going to start off with a, a quickie of uh, something you never expected to do but have done during the pandemic. Let's just throw this out there. There's no right or wrong answers to this. Uh, Louise, what do you think? Well, I will say I was one of those people that decided about two months in, it was time for a pandemic haircut. So I, <laughs> I got out my scissors, stood in front of the bathroom mirror and went to town. So I'll also say I'm lucky. I have curly hair. It's pretty forgiving. I'd like to think I got away with it, but maybe Jen can tell you whether or not. <laughs> you you <laughs> can pull it off. Yeah. Pandemic haircut is great. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Hi. Yeah, that used to be what the ha- hashtag COVID haircut for a while. I haven't seen it as much recently, but but way to go! It was definitely not on anyone's bucket list, from what I could tell. Prior to this, okay, Jen, uh, you're up. Yeah, so I never expected to hear my husband's work voice and like his work lingo and hearing the way that he speaks with his coworkers. It's very odd to hear someone in work mode that you're used to being in relationship mode with. So that was not something I was ever expecting to hear. It was super weird to get used to. Well, that's the question. Have you gotten used to it yet? Well, no, I haven't. (laughs) It's it's almost like we need to break out one of those bingo cards to see which one of us gets to as many work time phrases as possible. Those cliches that you always say. For sure. Yeah. Oh man. Well, that maybe we have to do a part three of this whole crossover thing. You know, that could be part of it. We could do a whole a whole segment right there with the uh, the relationship piece. (laughs) That'd be fun. Okay, so for me real quick, I never expected to remodel my home office based on how the background looks for Zoom calls. And that is genuinely one of the considerations as we are remodeling my home office. Part of it has been the discussion of, wait, how is that going to look when you're recording a video? And I never thought I would care about that and I never thought it would matter. And hopefully it is something that people will notice because uh, any video I start taking here in the next couple of weeks, so we'll have this new background. And not only did uh, we repaint, we are completely redoing the walls, adding a wall feature that's kind of like a, there's a remodeling word for it. It will come to mind before the end of this episode, but it, we kind of added some wood trim and like a whole grid across the whole wall. And we were going to do it just for one wall and now it's going to be on all the walls and there's going to be some very colorful uh, photography and stuff. So anyway... It's remodeling. Gonna It'll look great on Zoom. I sure hope so. <laughs> <laughs> I just remember, you know, we got through the, the initial painting just a few days ago and, and it was like, okay, well, uh, where's the spot that you're going to be standing or sitting for videos? And I'm like, ah, that's right. That's one of the main considerations. So, holy cow, life has changed, needless to say, for all of us and I think for everyone listening. So I will tell you what. As we get into a couple of things today, I'm really excited about this conversation. We've been looking forward to kind of having the second part of the crossover. And in part one, we really talked about the critical importance of healthcare member experience. We talked about the role of behavioral research, how that plays a role in creating a greater member experience. And then we talked about some kind of innovative work that's happening in the industry. And I don't know about you, Louise, maybe we can start with you. I, I don't know about you, but I thought one of the takeaways from that was really what the difference is with behavioral research itself. And I'm curious what what you think about that, because then we're going to dive into our rap battle after this and really get down into social determinants of health. What does a marketer need to know to even really understand and truly know who they are marketing to? It's a question that we 
just kind of gloss over a lot and just assume that if we do things right according to what a marketer thinks, that it's going to actually lead to some desirable action. So first and foremost, behavioral research. You said something in the first episode and kind of the first part of this about how behavioral research is not just talking to 2,000 people for 30 minutes. It's about spending a whole day with a single person to understand who they are and what motivates them. So let's start with that, like kind of a refresher on what the difference is with behavioral research and how useful it is. Yeah, I think that's great. Behavioral research is something that we do a lot of revels. You'll hear some people call it ethnographic research. And it's particularly important for us because I think like you mentioned, we're really trying to drive an action. So we actually want to understand what people's behaviors are. There's a lot of great research methods, quantitative research methods, qualitative research methods, but some of them are better suited for things. So for example, the classic kind of research method that a lot of us use, I've certainly used it, you know, in branding and marketing is the survey. And the survey has a lot of pros. For one thing, it's pretty cost efficient. There's a lot of tools that can help you do surveys really inexpensively now. You can talk to a lot of people, but one of the disadvantages of surveys, partly because you're processing a lot of data, is you often do things like you end up suggesting the responses. You know, how many times have you sent a survey and it's multiple choice and you are asking people which one they most identify with. The, another disadvantage of a survey is that it's, it's fundamentally really cerebral. You're asking people to think about what they believe, to think about what they do, to think about what they want. And the truth is, is that humans are remarkably bad <laughs> at understanding what they do or will do and then what those, how those actual behaviors unfold. So uh, maybe an example that a lot of people can relate to, I don't know if anyone has ever had the experience of signing up for a gym membership. And if on day one, somebody has said, what do you think is going to be important to you in this gym membership? What do you think you're going to do? I know I would have said, well, I'm going to do the Zumba classes and I'm going to use the sauna and the pool was really important because I, I love swimming and I'm going to be in the pool all the time. But if you were to actually shadow me for a few weeks and watch what I actually do in the gym, uh, you'd see me roll in after work, spend 20 minutes on the treadmill and then roll back out. And so when it comes to understanding my actual behaviors, nothing really beats observation. And so that's really the gold standard is field research and being able to spend time in the field and ideally in people's own home environments or wherever you know they're really performing or preparing for these actions that you want to study. It uh, reveals things people sometimes don't even know, don't even know what they're doing. And you can, you can kind of stop them and you can ask them to reflect. And it really just shows, shows people in a whole new light. Agreed. Uh, Jen, how does behavioral, behavioral research, like why is it important when we're talking about member experience, for instance, in the first part of this crossover episode, what's the role of it? Like, why is it important? And why, did, why does it need to be such, such kind of uh, a deep dive and you know, an observation versus something that, that is kind of more service oriented, like a survey, like Louise mentioned, like what, What's the importance for for member experience? I think understanding people and how to communicate is a lot more than just well-timed messages. So something that we've done in the past with our behavioral research is figuring out what really makes people take action. So an example that I can think of is we did um, some behavioral research and spoke with someone from the Department of Health in the Southern United States. And she was giving us a lot of different examples about how important language is and how important communication is. 
And I say communication is more than just well-timed messages because sometimes we completely forget about language. We forget about the reading level of the person that we're trying to communicate with or the comprehension level if you're communicating over the phone. And another aspect of that is when you're in the doctor's office, uh, this example from this person from the Department of Health was that this couple brought in their, called it, a li- called it a little baby when it was really, I believe, like a seven-year-old. But they had brought their child in because they were very sick to the doctor and they were a Spanish-speaking couple. The doctor didn't speak Spanish. And unfortunately, this doctor didn't treat seven-year-olds. They were a specialist for infants. And the couple wasn't understanding why that doctor wouldn't see them and felt like they were pushing them away and didn't care that the child was getting sicker and sicker when in reality, they were trying to redirect them to a doctor that could actually help them. So I think those higher level pieces of language and communication are really, really important that sometimes marketers totally forget about. And I think taking a step back and removing yourself from the nitty gritty details, because we all get in, we all get into those. Is this the right word in the subject line? When really it's like, is this even the right language? And so you have to take a step back and think about the higher level. Fantastic. Well, perfect way to kind of segue into the rap battle. Let's take that step back. Let's get into it in the rap battle. Rap battle. Rap battle is where we challenge the status quo in healthcare. And when we focus on marketing and we really start to lean into this whole concept of when we're focusing on that one word in the subject line, Jen, like you were just saying, versus is this the right language? Half the time, I'm realizing this too. I'm as guilty as anyone. I'm not even asking the right questions. I'm not focusing on the right things. I'm getting too carried away and this is how I thought I did marketing. And then I realize that's not even what's important at all to the person who I'm trying to target. That person who I'm trying to target is just a name or a demographic or a behavior on a list somewhere. Now, hopefully it's a list they've subscribed to and and opted in for, of course, right? You know, we provided some value for them at some point. And yet, that's not always the thing to worry about. When we think about our communities, what really drives people, what circumstances affect their behavior, we're talking about things like the social determinants of health. We're talking about health disparities in lower socioeconomic communities. And we are talking about how a better understanding of those circumstances can actually help us become better marketers. It can help us do it more effectively. It can help us really ask the right questions. It can help lead us to the right language. It can help us at one point or another, do more behavioral research. So Louise, I'll throw this back to you. I guess a good starting point. So, you know, let's think about health systems, hospitals that are out there now, and they are trying to bring patients back to the their campus. They're trying to get them back to, to have an elective procedure that had been put off, or they're just saying, hey, no, really, like you really do need to come back in and, and see the doctor. Like you're, you know, you've, you've missed some appointments where we all know the majority of people right now think the very last place that is safe in America is the doctor's office or the hospital. Mm -hmm. How can we get past that? Like, where do we even start to address those fears of safety? Yeah, that's a great question. So I can tell you one thing that I actually know from some of this field research that we've done that I think could be really useful to folks in, in health systems. So one of the things that we've actually learned that relates to tone is it really matters what's going on with the person. 
And there's a really strong trend that you'll see. So this relates to some research that we did understanding what kind of relationship. So what kind of a human relationship do you want with your doctors? What kind of a tone do you want with your doctors? We found something really interesting. When somebody had a really acute injury, let's say it was a knee surgery and they were looking for a surgeon, they really craved expertise. They craved authority. When they went to search for their doctor, they would do things like look for folks who were famous. When they went to see those doctors, they were really reassured um, and very confident when the doctor was very assertive, assured them they would be taken care of, et cetera. What we saw in people who had a chronic condition, something that they were living with, something that they had to manage day to day, is was almost the opposite. They wanted a partner. They wanted someone who acknowledged their autonomy, their expertise, their ability to sort of guide their care. And I think there's an interesting thing for us to think about as we're thinking about this pandemic, because you know, Rebel certainly did some research into how people were feeling about the pandemic as well. And what we found is at the beginning of all of this, it was like we all had an acute condition. There was something really, really wrong, really, really wrong with society. People were getting really, really sick and we're all really freaked out. <laughs> and so the tone that was needed at that point in time, whether it's getting people to avoid the care, getting people to engage in care, getting people to change their behaviors is that same one that really works and that people really crave when they're getting that knee surgery, right? This unexpected traumatic event. And that is one of authority. We found people were looking to their health insurers and their payers in a way that they haven't before. Frankly, when we talk to people about payers, what we hear about is mistrust. And we had people craving interaction, authoritative interaction from their payers. I would hypothesize now that we've been dealing with this disease as a society for months. And what I wonder personally is if we're now moving into the, the communication territory of a chronic condition. Maybe not everyone's there, maybe not all communities are there, but I think providers, hospital systems, payers should start thinking about how to become a partner, how they can work with their members to manage this condition, how they can understand what's important to their members and where they're afraid and help them balance the risk and the pros and cons. You know, just like, uh, you know, I'm sort of advocating and indicating an endocrinologist might do with someone who has diabetes and will have it for life. You know, I certainly hope, I certainly hope that we're not dealing with uh, this for life, but certainly it seems like we're in it for the long haul. Um, and I think as people start to shift into that mode, a uh, shift in tone and approach is warranted as well. I need a dime, I ain't faking a buck. So you crank out content, but it's getting stale. It might be nutritious, but it tastes like kale. You're down with finding a way to up your marketing game. Yeah, but when you look for help, everyone seems lame. We're Ultera Digital. Google us and see. We're spelled like ultra with an extra E. We'll help you market forward. Google us and look. We're Ultera Digital. It's off the hook. Hey guys, this is Jared. Ultera Digital is just another name for our consulting team that helps you when your content, your strategy, or your brand is getting stale. You know, like that chocolate glazed donut that was a little piece of heaven in the morning, but when you left it on your desk until 4.13 in the afternoon and you went to finish it off, by then, mm, not so heavenly, was it? By now, you know our philosophy that content is the future, but only when it engages audiences and it isn't a snooze fest. And you've heard how we roll. The healthcare rap, what you're listening to right now is Exhibit A. We don't do boring. So if your content, your special event, or your strategy is getting stale, let us help you give it that spark, that rhythm, that new life you're looking for. Ultera Digital, marketing forward. Okay, now back to the podcast, right? Because it's pretty legit. 
Jen, what are your thoughts on this, especially as it relates to some of the guests you've had on in, in your second season at Radio Rev with social determinants of health as a focus? I always felt like the focus was really interesting the way you put it, because it was usually not just, hey, these are things that exist. These are things you can look at, but it was like, what's the application and how does this help people ultimately become healthier in one way or another? I don't know if that was the intention. That was one of my takeaways during this season of the podcast. So I'm just curious, you know, what, how does that have to do with things, especially as we're looking at it from the lens of a, a marketer who is trying to, again, kind of bring people back? So one of the big things that I learned during this last season of Radio Rev was that eight episodes barely even scratched the surface of what we could be talking about with social determinants of health. Especially now with the COVID-19 pandemic, it just feeds into that so much more. There's so many different things that we could be talking about and there should be entire podcasts dedicated to this topic because eight episodes was nowhere near enough to, to cover it. But there are a couple of conversations that I had that really stick out in my mind from this past season. And one of those was with Craig Kennedy from Medicaid Health Plans of America. And this is something that it happened to him a long time ago when he was a child, but he was talking about growing up in rural Oregon and living very far away from the doctor's office. And so his parents needing to decide if they would take off work and not get paid that day in order to take them the kids to the doctor, or if they didn't take them to the doctor, risk their kids not getting the vaccinations they need and risk them not being able to go back to school in the fall. And I think this is something that is probably going to apply now. Kids or parents are trying to figure out what to do with their kids and how to get their vaccinations. Do I feel comfortable enough bringing my kids back to the doctor's office? This issue that Craig was speaking about from years and years ago is now something that I think is really, it's still completely relevant. So that one sticks out in my mind. And I think it has a lot to do with what, Louise was speaking about was the language that we're using and maybe offering alternative alternative solutions instead of going into the doctor's office. I know one of the things Craig spoke about was these on-site clinics or you know a van coming into town and that's where you can bring your kids so it's closer to home and maybe you feel more comfortable going into a mobile clinic versus going into an actual hospital. Yeah, I think we're just at the beginning of offering alternatives to coming into the doctor's office. I agree. I think that's something that's going to fill the gap of some of the care needs that are happening regardless of a pandemic. We all have or know people with, with chronic conditions. Everyone knows somebody or we're dealing with it in our with ourselves and our families, with our loved ones, with people we know. And out of everything... Chronic care doesn't just go away and it doesn't just happen. We have to understand that there's some behavior that has to happen. There, somebody at some point has to trust the healthcare professional that's helping them care for that condition or else they aren't going to be complicit with, with anything. <laughs> they're not going to, not only are they going to skip appointments, they're not going to listen to or read anything you send them. So when that you know when we back that out to kind of the marketing piece that's why i've i've loved just kind of taking this step back with you both and i think if we had to boil this down for marketers it really comes down to understanding and knowing who they're marketing to and these are some of the pieces some of the ways that we get to know them but when we realize somebody who's coming from a circumstance that has taught them the last thing you're going to do is feel safe at the doctor's office the last thing you're going to do is trust the healthcare professional, if that's the environment that you've come from, 
it's going to take quite an act, quite some change to happen uh, for you to change the way you think about things. Well, again, when we kind of boil things down to behaviors, that's what's really going on. So I think I've got one kind of final question for you both and, and uh, we'll change the order up. Well, Jen, we'll go with you first on this one. If you could tell marketers one thing to do to truly get to know the people they're trying to market to, what would you tell them? Such a great question. I think taking that step back and looking at behavior, looking at the way that people are interacting with your content, with your website, with anything that you're doing, looking at those patterns and seeing if you can identify something. And actually, really, I guess I would say test and learn is really the big one. Just do things that you wouldn't normally do. We're, we're living in a weird time where we think that one thing might work, but the opposite might be true. So maybe just go against your inclinations and what you what your gut tells you and just do something completely different and just see test it out and see what happens. Because there's nothing really bad that can happen as long as you're not creating a lot of abrasion. Oh, well, I love that because that is significant because it tells you you have to have the mind frame of being willing to try new things. And that is not always the most common mind frame of a healthcare marketer. I'm just going to throw that out there. That's just my experience. That has not been always the mind frame that we come into things with. Okay, Luis, what, what would you say to that? If you could tell marketers one thing to truly get to know and understand who they're trying to market to. I would say ask people for their stories. Set yourself up for one-on-one conversations and ask them to tell you the story of the thing you're trying to understand. You know, tell me the story of why you chose this hospital. And right, make sure you start their story at the beginning. People often start their story in the middle. And the really important thing too is your orientation when you are listening and you're capturing those stories, which is as much as possible to be a blank slate because chances are you've been working in your industry for a while and you think you think you know your customers and, and the members that you're reaching out to. And I think it's really important when you're having these sessions that you pretend you're from a foreign planet <laughs> and you're learning about this person and how these people and how this all works and how this crazy healthcare system works. Pretend you know nothing and that will make you more open to things that you may have been missing before. You have to find a way to just get to a mind frame where it's totally new and like you're hearing it from the first time. Fantastic. Such a good thought. I really hope marketers take this to heart, both of those points. I really hope they recognize that the one silver lining, the gift out of this whole pandemic, really the the only thing I can think of, (laughs) the positive out of all this, is the chance to think in a different way. The chance to not have to hold on to the old ways of doing things and to try those new things and to experiment and to recognize that that's probably where that innovation is going to happen that, that we all talk about. So I appreciate Absolutely. you both so much on this. Jen, I want to give you a chance to mention anything else about Radio Rev that's either coming up or, or anything else you want to share with us about that. How's, how's the program going? It's great. We're on a break right now. So season three is coming at the end of 2020. So stay tuned for that. We're going to be talking about silver linings and new innovations that are coming in healthcare as a whole. So less on specific topics like social determinants of health. But if you haven't heard the show, you can listen to it anywhere you can find podcasts. Fantastic. And one of those places is shift.health, the content network there. So it's been a pleasure to have you both. Jen, Louise, thanks so much for giving me a few minutes. So good to hear from you. Thanks for for making this all happen. Uh, This has been part two of our crossover episode. In the meantime, stay safe, stay well, keep up the good work, hang in there. You too. Thanks for having us. Thank you. 
Hey there, listeners. If you're all about listening to your website visitors to learn more about how to improve your website experience, then G-Site is for you. G-Site is a suite of digital improvement tools that capture the voice of the digital customer. Hi, I'm Rob Klein, co-founder of G-Site and founder and CEO of Klein & Partners, a market research and brand consulting firm dedicated to helping hospitals and health systems find their brand voice. I co-developed this service offering with the team at Greystone.net several years ago. G-Site helps you prioritize and focus your website improvement and enhancement efforts. It's a suite of solutions, including a pop-up website experience survey tool, a user-friendly dashboard and reporting tool, a user behavior tracking tool, expert consulting services, and more. What if I told you that 8% of your visitors have a new negative opinion of your brand after visiting your website? Now multiply that number by the total number of annual visitors. Does that number scare you? If so, go to www.graystone.net forward slash G site to learn more about how we can help and sign up for an introductory overview. Hope to speak with you soon. Hey, thanks to Jen and Louise, and thank you for listening. Don't forget to be a part of the Marketing Forward movement by subscribing, leaving a review, and telling your friends. Healthcare Wrap is a member of the brand new Shift.Health content network. Go check it out at Shift.Health. You'll find podcasts and video series about changing the way healthcare is marketed and experienced. So on behalf of Jen, Louise, and myself, keep marketing forward. Thanks, and that's a wrap. 